another episode of B2B Breakfast to Business where we talk shop, we talk life, we talk advocacy, and we talk real. This is your morning girl, Bea Lim, also the managing director of Team Asia, bringing you another fresh and hot topic in today's special episode. Now, this special episode, ladies and gentlemen, is in partnership with the IMAP, which is the Internet Mobile Marketing Association of the Philippines and Investing in Women, an Australian government initiative. Now, the IMAP has a really, really cool program called the Breakfast Roundtable, which is a unique opportunity to get up close and personal with some of the country's leading digital marketers. Now, the BRT houses fireside chats with these digital experts and 10 lucky attendees or members of the IMAP get to ask them questions on the hot topic of the day. And last June, we had an absolutely amazing and empowering breakfast roundtable that did a deep dive into gender equality at work and how it manifests in the work we do as movers and shakers in this digital creative industry. Now, I was very lucky, super honored to have moderated that discussion, and that is why we are bringing this conversation further into the B2B platform, and we want you, our listeners, to hear what we had to talk about. Now, back to the topic. There is a clear business case for gender equality in campaigns. Research suggests that progressive gender portrayals can actually increase brand equity and have an impact on sales. Now, as the industry endeavors to improve gender portrayals in campaigns and challenge tired stereotypes, the tendency is to look into the work itself. So we ask ourselves, first, to what extent is the creative work driven by the composition of the team? Can gender equality within creative workplaces help improve gender equality in campaigns? And what are the best practices for achieving workplace gender equality within creative workplaces? And we are bringing all of these questions and more here at B2B Breakfast to Business. Sit tight, grab your pens, and take notes. I'm telling you, there will be a lot of food for thought. There will be a lot of insights, a lot of recommendations that you can actually drive in your organizations and in your campaigns. So buckle up and let's have this enriching and engaging conversation with three amazing, inspiring, and just really power people in the industry um, here at B2B Breakfast to Business. Hats off to our speakers, Kim Patria of Investing in Women, Anna Chua Norbert of BDB Philippines, and Melai Lopez of Google Philippines. Here we go. Today, we talk about gender equality at work and how it manifests in the work that we do because we are the movers and shakers of the digital industry. Don't you guys agree? Show me some love on the, on the chat box or the emojis. And because we have such an important job ahead of us and passionate about the work that we do, we want to talk about this because it is an important discussion point. There is a clear business case for gender equality in campaigns. And research suggests, actually, that progressive gender portrayals can increase brand equity and have an impact on sales. And as the industry endeavors really to improve gender portrayals in campaigns and challenge the tired stereotypes, the tendency is to look at the work itself. So we're here today to ask ourselves, to what extent in the creative work driven by the composition of the teams, can gender equality within creative 
workplace has helped improve gender equality in campaigns? And what are the best practices for achieving workplace gender equality in creative workplaces? Very interesting questions indeed. And we have three absolutely amazing trailblazers and individuals who are pushing the gender equality agenda forward with us here at BRT today. And it is my absolute honor to be introducing them to you. And I'd like to start off with Anna. Hi, Anna. Anna Chua Norbert is the Group Chief Culture Officer of DDB Group Philippines, one of the country's leading integrated marketing communication groups. And as Culture Chief, Anna takes care of DDB's people through the Culture Hub, which leads the agency's groups, human resources, talent management, and corporate communication units. Enabling DDB Group's people-focused management the Culture Hub under Anna's leadership has nurtured and motivated the group's talents to achieve their utmost potential through purposeful training, a culture of holistic health, and a diverse, inclusive workplace. Also, in 2020, Anna became the first ever Filipina to win the diversity champion title at the campaign's Asia-Pacific Women's Leading Changing Award. So congratulations, Anna, and so glad to have you as uh, with us here today. Hi, Anna. Hi, Gibea. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for inviting me here. I'm really happy to share what we do at DDB. Hi, Thank you, Anna. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. Super excited, super excited. And joining Anna on the virtual stage this morning is Melay Lopez. Melay is a program manager in Google Philippines where she served as lead in the pride and trans employee resource, resource groups. Melai is also the current secretary general of the Society of Trans Women of the Philippines, the pioneer trans advocacy organization in the country. Prior to joining her current employer, Melai worked in the BPO industry for about 15 years, mostly as a project manager, she was born in Cagayan de Oro City, but has been based in Metro Manila after moving to Ateneo de Manila for her college education. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give a warm welcome also to Melai. Morning, Melai. Hi, good morning, everyone. I'm so happy to be here and share my personal experiences. I'm looking forward to the discussion. Great. Thank you so much, Melai. And of course, um, you know, rounding up the pack of experts we have today, Kim. Kim Patria is the Deputy Director for Gender Norms at Investing in Women, an initiative of the Australian government that promotes women's economic empowerment in Southeast Asia. He seeks out and works with partners in Indonesia, the Philippines, and Vietnam for interventions for, to broaden public support for gender equality. In the Philippines, he leads um, Investing in Women's Partnership with the IMAP for the Purple Boomerang Awards. Here we go. Let us welcome Kim. Hi, Kim. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Really happy to be here today and looking forward to the exciting conversation. Yay! I'm super looking forward to this as well. So without further ado, Kim, Anna, Melai, I want you guys to meet our participants for this morning and they're already um, turning on their videos. Um, hi guys, so excited to have you. All right, I would like to, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to call on a name 
Um, but please introduce yourself to our speakers by sharing your name, your company, and your designation. All right, so here we go. I would like to start off first with Shello. Shello, please go ahead. Hello, good morning, everyone. I'm Shello. I'm the HR and Admin Associate at Emerge Local. Thank you. Good morning, Shello. Thanks so much for joining us. How about Joyce? Good morning. Hi, good morning, everyone. I'm Joyce from Team Asia. I'm the account planner. Fantastic. Thank you, Joyce. Now let's move on to Lynn. Good morning, Lynn. Hey, Bea. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, well, this is my, my third time, if I remember correctly, first, a third time to be joining the BRT, maybe because I've really been just enjoying the conversations and the topic I really have getting more and more interesting each time. So happy to be back for the third time. All right. Thank you so much, Lynn. Happy to have you with us. And I'm really enjoying the engagement with you, Lynn. Excited for today's discussion as well. We have next Michael. Good morning, Michael. Morning, Ms. Bea, and good morning, everyone. So uh, I'm Michael. I'm the Human Capital Officer of uh, Team On Ground Integrated. That's awesome. Michael, we're so excited to have you here. We have our um, uh, participant from Team On Ground. Next up, we have from um, Attorney Dickey. Attorney Dickey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Bea. Good morning, everyone. So I'm Diki from Unilab Inc. I'm an HROD manager. Hello, hello, Attorney Diki. Nice to have you with us this morning. All right. Now I would like to call on Vanessa. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, good morning. I'm Vanessa Julian, HR and People Operations Director of the Molindo Trainer Group of Companies. Happy to be here. Good morning. Good morning and happy to have you, um, you with us, Vanessa. It's so good to see you again. All right, next up we have Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Hi, good morning, everyone. I'm Kat from Bullish Launch Agency. I'm the project director. I currently handle mostly HR and VR. Nice. nice Thank you, Kat, for joining us. And then we have Regina. Good morning. Hi, good morning. I'm Regina uh, from Education.ph, um, Senior Partnerships Manager at Education.ph. Nice to have you with us, Regina. Good morning. And we have Eileen. Hi guys, good morning. I, my name is Aideen Borromeo. I look after strategy and governance for Chroma Entertainment. Good morning. Good morning, Eileen. So good to have you. And that, Kim, Melai, and Anna rounds up our participants for this morning's BRT. So we're just going to go ahead and start our, um, uh, our um, conversation here on gender equality. So to start off, as I mentioned to you, we will create a flow for the questions. So we have grouped the questions thematically using our amazing title, Equality Inside Out, right? So the first category is equality, which is really umbrella questions on gender equality. Then we will move to inside, which are the questions that you have posed on gender equality in the workplace. Then we go to outside, 
which really talks about how gender equality manifests in the work we do. And we have a fourth category because you guys just sent in such interesting questions, the ways forward and how the Philippines can push the gender equality um, agenda forward. So yes, um, we will try as much as possible to get through all of our amazing questions. So we are going to bunch up certain questions um, to our dear participants that have the same theme. I will be calling on you to ask your questions and then we will proceed to asking our um, fabulous speakers um, their answers to your questions. If we're all good to go, can I get a thumbs up? You can give me a thumbs up with your, with your videos or um, you can give us a thumbs up on the chat. Are we all good participants? Yes, let's get it rolling then. So, Anna, Melai, Kim, let's start with equality. And I would like to actually call on the lovely Eileen to start off our discussion. Your first question, Eileen, on equality overall. Okay, so one of the questions, begun. <laughs> it's caught on the spot, not enough caffeine. <laughs> but... Um, one of the questions I had was, you know, how else can we practice gender um, equality given, you know, that we actually have a high number of like female leaders in the workplace compared to other countries. So, you know, I guess that's one of the things that I'm thinking of this morning. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Eileen. So really, you know, um, in an ideal world, I think that's one also of the, the questions that you shared, right, Eileen? In an ideal world, what does gender equality look like? And um, how else can we practice gender equality given the many female leaders that we have? Um, Kim, maybe we can start off with you coming from an investing in women um, data perspective. Thanks. So maybe I'll start with the, how we define, you know, workplace gender equality, and I'll focus a bit on gender equality. Um, that um, for us, there is workplace gender equality when everyone in the workplace, regardless of gender, can access, enjoy um, opportunities, and thrive at all levels. Right. So that's I think that's the the really interesting bit to it is that. We look at all levels of the company, all stages of the employee's pipeline, for example, starting from you know, um, entry level up to senior management, right? So I think it's really interesting you point out how in the Philippines there, um, there's a fairly good representation of women leaders, but I think that what's lacking in the Philippines really is also actual measurement of how gender equality is across the organization, right? And even, even when we say there seems to be good representation of women in leadership, we don't have really good figures around that, you know, or um, we, we, there, there's varying reports on, on, on the, the female representation across different levels of, of leadership. So um, that's, that's, What's really important is looking across the organization. And what I'd point out also is there's sometimes focus on opportunities, but I think we also need to highlight equality in results, right? Um, because it's, it's one thing to say that 
anyone in our organization can access opportunities. Well, are people actually accessing it? And are people benefiting from, from, from being able to access those opportunities? So. Great. Thank you so much, Kim, for sharing that. I'd like to, of course, call in um, Anna and Melai on their personal experiences with their um, organizations or their, um, you know, their experience in the industry. I'd like to call on Anna first. Anna, um, would you like to share also your thoughts on Eileen's questions? Yeah, that's a really great question, Eileen. Thanks for that. Um, what we found in BBB is that we had to like measure what, what does equality look like for us. So we had to undergo a, a tool that was created for this particular thing, which was with the, in partnership with PBCV and um, um, investing in women. It's called GEARS. Um, and we found that um, not only across the opportunities, but also in equality when it comes to pay. Because it's all nice and talk, but if you don't actually benefit the bottom line of the person, what the heck are we doing here? So um, when we already know that women contribute more to society because they, the people around them benefit more from them being present, um, they give more to other people, they're not only nurturers and all. This is just across. Um, um, so we have to also look at, at pay. So... Um, that was one thing that uh, I had to I had to make sure that was measured. So, <laughs> thank you, Anna. That important, very important. And you know what? This the the equal pay has been actually a theme coming up at our IMAP events. So this is a good start off point. Thank you so much, Anna. Melai, of course, I'd like to know your experience, right? Your thoughts. Yeah. Um, before I go into my own personal thoughts. Um, about this, I'd like to just say that I'm glad that both Kim and Anna pointed out that it's important to be able to measure the, these things, right? Um, in what Eileen has um, cited in her example, we have a lot of women leaders um, across organizations in the Philippines, but um, do we know um, what percentage of the population of women are actually the lowest paid um, workers? It is important that we have a lot of women leaders, but it's also important at the same time that we know what percentage of the lowest paid workers are women. If 70 or 80% of them are women, then I think there is something that we need to look more into, right? And there's a lot of other measurements that need to happen there. Um, but for me personally, um, on that question of um, in an ideal world, what does gender equality look like? For me, as a trans woman, woman in the workplace, it really has to do with me being able to live my true and most authentic self, bring that self into the office so that I can be my most productive self in my workplace um, without having to fear discrimination, without having to fear that I'm going to encounter um, you know, microaggressions, and if I, if I get heard um, by people, that's always a good thing. And if I voice out that there's no retaliation against me, um, I think that's going to be, if we are able to meet all those things, I think um, that would pretty much illustrate what a good workplace would be for a woman at this point. <laughs> Oh, you're on mute. I was on mute. Sorry <laughs> about that. I was just going to say that was so touching, Mela, and I absolutely loved it because 
just with your thoughts, Kim was able to really go into a macro perspective. Anna, you brought in from an organizational perspective what it means, right? And Mela, you just capped it off with what it means as people in the workplace. What do we feel like, right? And how important a holistic, you know, a holistic viewpoint is on that. Eileen, your first question just really started this amazing conversation forward. Thank you so much. I'd like to call on Kat. Kat, you had a, a really cool question under the equality bucket. Um, please go on and, and ask our second question for today. Hey, sure. Uh, let me just read it. So I asked, what are the most common misconceptions about gender equality and how do we break these stereotypes? There you go. I love that. What are the most common misconceptions? I'm going to change the, the, the format around. I'll, I'll go on and call Melai first, right? Melai, what are your quick um, thoughts on this one? Okay, the first thought that really comes to mind, at least for me, is that people often associate um, equality with uh, equality efforts with something that's going to cost companies a lot and that it's going to be expensive for these companies. But that's not entirely true. Um, being um, Providing equal opportunities for everyone and providing equal results, as Kim has pointed out, um, for everyone is not necessarily expensive. And there's a lot of different efforts that companies can um, can put together that would demonstrate their commitment to diversity, equity, and, and inclusion that wouldn't cost them a lot of money. Um, for example, if a woman in the workplace complains about harassment from other team members, is she assured that there's not going to be a retaliation against her? I don't think that's going to cost the company a lot of money to make sure that, that um, there's a policy in place to make sure that retaliation does not happen, right? Um, and, you know, just giving people the understanding around their own personal circumstances, um, I, I think that's also an in, in, inexpensive and in fact very valuable way of demonstrating one's commitment to DEI. Um, that's really just my first thought around it. It's not an expensive thing to do. A lot of companies can do these things. They just need to commit to it. About commitment. Love that, Mela. It's not about the expense. It's about the commitment. Anna, your thoughts? I think true what, what um, Domela said, that, that, that cost is, um, uh, is very minimal, actually. It, it, it's more of like training and reskilling your people to think differently. One of the funniest things that I've, that I've encountered when it comes to stereotyping is kasi, and then just insert the gender or whatever they're doing. Kasi babae siya. Kasi ganito siya. Kasi ganyan siya. So that's like, that, 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 that's such a Filipino thing, but I found it so funny na, na and daming excuses kasi nga ganyan. But then if you really, really want to involve someone, you'll find so many ways to do it. So like what Melay said, there is the commitment to it. But there's also empathy. You need a lot of empathy and that doesn't require you much, right? To actually be a, a better person. It just takes a lot of time um, for, for, for us to actually engage but but overall, um, the the quality of the people and the quality of the work experience involving so much positivity and like to in, in the environment 
as in there's nothing there's nothing there's nothing commensurate for it it's, it's priceless to have that kind of feeling when you walk in and you know you're proud to work in that place because they accept everyone they're welcome and you feel safe that's the most important as well i love that thank you anna for sharing that the psychological safety right that you feel in the workplace because you are accepted and like what what to your point Melai, about commitment to anna it's like there's no excuse you know as long as we have empathy and we're able to actually consciously exert our effort for it then we can provide a psychologically safe environment kim your thoughts on this really good notes from uh, Melai and anna but just speaking from my own experience when we go out and talk about gender equality you know in the work that we do some of the most common misconceptions we encounter are number one that gender equality is a women's issue or it's it's the problem of the lgbtqi community no it involves everyone right so and i'd just like to point out that i'm a bit disappointed that we have only one other man in the room today right so and that's signaling to us that sometimes when we talk about gender equality you know um people immediately think oh let's send um a female to this event because this is about women's issues that shouldn't be the perspective right um because it it affects everyone um the other common misconception is that um uh it is about empowering women or empowering the lgbtqi community at the expense of cisgender folks or at the expense of men. So, you know, it, the one common um, comment in among gender equality advocates is it's not fine, right? <laughs> uh, it's not as if when someone takes a bigger slice of something, you lose something, right? So it is about putting people at the same playing field. Um, and I think the third misconception is um, and this is hard to catch sometimes, you know, um, when we talk about gender equality, lots of organizations say, oh, um, that's not a problem in our, our organization because when we hire people, when we promote people, we don't care about gender. Um, that is also risky because that's bordering on gender blindness, right? Um, we need to respond to specific needs of some genders um and make sure that we're able to again put everyone on equal footing so it's not about not caring about gender it's actually looking into the nuances of the workplace that uh, to enable people of all genders to participate meaningfully love that thank you so much kim so it's everybody's ball game is what i'm going to say there right um so we have commitment training and empathy and being able to look at it as everybody's ballgame. We are all in this together. Thank you so much to our fabulous speakers. Shello, I am going to end the equality category with your question. Um, could you please um, share with everybody your question? Okay, let me read it. My question for equality, Fem, is what direction do you believe the Philippines is headed in terms of gender equality in the workplace? Great, thank you so much. And um, I don't mean to put you on the spot again, Kim, but you do have the data on this one. I just wanted to quickly check in. Um, do you guys have a pulse on this direction? Yeah, um, thanks, Bea. Um, I, I think, you know, you, we hear in the news all the time that the Philippines is one of, you know, the, the top performing countries in terms of gender equality. So that is good progress, and we need to celebrate that. You know, we celebrate that we have 
a fairly good representation of women in leadership, but um, sometimes that could also lead to complacency, right? Mm -hmm. um, and when you look into when you look into the hard data, there is still inequality that needs to be addressed, right? So, for example, mm -hmm. the female labor force force participation in the Philippines is um, is still fairly low compared to, to men, right? So, in, in terms of, and I think we're at eighty percent. Uh, labor force participation versus 50% of, of women. So that is that huge, huge gap, right? Um, uh, so again, there, we're making good progress, um, but there are also indications that the, where, we're, um, where we're slow in progressing, that could be driven by the norms in our society, you know, the, the, the deep-seated perceptions of the gender roles that people need to play. So um, I think, you know, um, moving forward, we need to look not just into policy. Policy is really important, um, but we need to look at culture, right? And I, I, speak, I speak to you guys who are working in marketing, comms, advertising. We need to change hearts and minds, really, right? And not just um, put in place um, policy. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's the next step for for gender equality in the Philippines for us to really see good results. My goodness, Kim, I think you just birthed the next BRT conversation on culture change, right? <laughs> I think that, because I think that this has come up in a lot of conversations around um, uh, inclusive economies as well as gender equality, right? That um, we can push out policy. But it's implementation in our culture that we need to, to highlight. So thank you so much, Kim, for, for sharing um, your thoughts on this one. Um, again, as I mentioned, I'm closing out the equality category. But before I do, I just wanted to quickly check in with Anna Melai. Any, any thoughts you wanted to add into what Kim mentioned? I think, um, Kim, that's, that's really great. I just wanted to also add that... Um, while, while we have policies in place, please remember that we are responsible for our own homes and the, the small people that we raise. I know many people here are mothers or, or future mothers as well, or you're going to be um, um, exposed to young children. So please, when you do that, stop this, the stereotype and start, start raising them well the, to be open to their capabilities. I know we're not just because of their gender, because a lot of it starts as a very, at a very young age. <laughs> Napapasan, minsan paglaking Lola pason. Sorry, Lola. Pero <laughs> madaming ganyan nangyayari. Very good. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you so much. That is the, the, the biggest way, actually, that I think we can change the culture, right? Melay, any thoughts that you wanted to add? Uh, no, not at this point. I think those okay. were excellent points. Great. Thank you so much. So, we are done with our first category. I am now going to go into inside. So a lot of the questions that we got actually for this BRT really, you know, is about equality in the workplace. And I love that we are going to start this category with, to your point, Kim, um, the only other male in our um, uh, panel discussion today, which is Michael. Michael, you have two questions actually that fall yeah. under this category. Um, could you please ask them um, together so that our panelists can um, can answer it? Go ahead, Michael. All right. So, uh, good morning, team. So, uh, my question is that uh, how do we define if an organization is diverse or prom promotes equal opportunities? 
So that's my first question. Go ahead, Michael. You can you can ask your second question. Right. For the second question, since we already defined it, so uh, what is there any systematic ways or uh, best practices that we can incorporate or uh, execute in cascading uh, the position of the company? I mean, cascading internally and externally the position of the company when it comes to promoting uh, inclusiveness and uh, diversity. So, yeah. Great. Thank you so much for your question, Michael. I'd actually like to call on Anna first for this, for this particular question. Anna, in your experience, um, please go ahead. So, Michael, those are really great questions. Um, the first one to do is actually look at your roster of individuals and employees. It's the most basic thing that will come to mind. And actually, just list down all of the genders that you actually have and then tally them. If it's not equal, then um, you'll have to add more people to that particular gender, I believe. But it, it could be as, as simple as that based on your company's um, DNI um, policies that you'd want to be able to achieve and your goals. But there has to be some sort of like um, a metric. Like what, what we want in, in, in BDB has always been about balance. Diba? So apart from measuring, measuring uh, gender across all our, our people, there has to be some balance when it comes to yung pay scale. Are we paying men more? Are we paying women more? Is there a particular thing that we want to do? And that house has to be some sort of balance. And that's how we see, um, that's how we see it there. In terms of diversity, it it, it comes, we benefit from diversity. Um, because ideas can come from everywhere. And if we limit ourselves to one pocket of individuals, we tend up being having this group thing and it doesn't benefit our clients or our campaigns. So there really has to be some um, variety there. Again, because it benefits our business. Uh, but there's a strategy behind it. Eh? Because, um, and you have to also establish those in your company. Will it, will it really benefit you to have diverse people? I, really, I think it will because there's, you're getting out of group thing, more innovation comes in, your, your pool of people to, to, to get from um, gets wider and wider. So it's really, really interesting to, to have that kind of opportunity also for you, your workplace. But you measure first and then you figure out, ano ba talaga yung important sa boss ko? I mean, of course, you're a business, so there's a bottom line there. Um, ours has always been about balance and, you know, having great ideas come from everywhere. So if we don't limit ourselves to like certain kind of people only from this university, only from this ganito. Imagine how boring our ads will become. So, um, <laughs> I absolutely love that, Anna. Thank you so much for, for sharing. Um, I wanted to quickly check in also with Kim. Kim, I mean, from, a, from Michael's question on the external part, I mean, you do have some visibility on you know, the industry as well as companies across the Philippines. Any thoughts on um, cascading these policies or programs externally? Thanks, Bea. I'll actually just draw on what um, Anna and Melayan um, actually you have said previously that um, when we talk about workplace gender equality, it's really important to have commitment from leadership as well. Um, so, um, and it's important for the company to articulate you know, that commitment as well in terms of a strategy, like is there a gender equality strategy? And then operationalize that into actual policies, processes, you know, programs. 
And then, um, as what Anna said earlier, are you measuring, right? Are you checking in with your employees on, on, how, on their perceptions of gender equality and diversity in your workforce? Are you setting targets for yourself, right? Um, and, and then, are you growing as an organization in terms of your understanding of workplace gender equality and diversity and how best to implement that and achieve that within your communication? If you have all of that, the communications of it and the transparency of it um, will come easily to the company. Um, and the company is also more accountable to, to its stakeholders, right? To, the, to their consumers, to the public that they serve um, when they communicate their commitment to, to gender equality. So I, mean, I think that, that, that's it. You know, it's, it's not about, it, we can't start with just external. You need to start, you know, from from within and really change, you know, the, the organizational um, structure and culture. Kim, equality inside out. It it actually is really our title for today, right? Thank you so much, Kim and Anna. Um, actually, we have a question from Regina under this um, particular bucket. Hi, Regina. That I feel Melai would be the best person to to talk through it. So, um, Regina, do you want to ask your question under our um, equality in the workplace bucket? Yes. Um, so for new employees um, in an organization, how can they you know, spot or identify uh, the gender diversity inclusion culture of the workplace? So um, I think it's quite similar to what Michael mentioned, but maybe it's like very concrete examples or um, tips on how new employees are able to do that. Thank you so much, Regina. Melai, go ahead. Yeah, I was looking forward to answer this question. Um, so I'll tell you about my first day at Google. So my onboarding was done in Singapore. Um, and we were handed out name tags um, during our first day of orientation. And then in the name tags, we were asked for our names as well as our pronouns. Um, and I thought that was really um, that was quite special because I didn't get to encounter a lot of that in um, in different scenarios and in different settings, right? Um, so right on my very first day in orientation, even before it has started, I already felt like, okay, people ask for um, pronouns here. I think they must be um, serious about their um, about their commitments to DEI. Um, and then obviously during the orientation itself, there was also um, content that was dedicated to um, Google's um, values, which also touched on diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace. Um, and so, yeah, there you would see right away um, if people are taking their commitment seriously. Um, and there's a lot of other, um, other events in in my life in my three-year life at Google so far um, where I where I realized I was I was really lucky um, to be um, part of this organization um, I'll tell you about one more um, one more incident um, so I don't know if you remember this but this would have been maybe three years ago now um, so there was this incident, I think at Farmers, where there was this um, trans woman who was trying to get into the restroom in, I think that was Farmers. Um, 
so that became such a huge um, scandal in social media. I think Gretchen Diaz was her name. Um, she was basically um, forbidden from um, entering the women's restroom in the mall. Our, um, so, so I was in the office the day after and then our admin guy in the office approached me and said, um, Mela, I just want to ask you about your restroom experience here in the office. I just want to make sure that you never encountered any issues. Um, and I thought that was really, really thoughtful of him. Um, and he even, <laughs> he even accompanied me to the restroom and consulted with me on how we can make that a better experience for any other trans women who might join the company in the future. Like if there's anyone that's not very comfortable sharing that common space in the restroom, what can we have available inside the cubicles so that if someone is not very comfortable um, in the, um, on the sink there, they have they still have all their supplies and their requirements inside the cubicle so i thought that was really um that was really thoughtful of them and just really demonstrated to me that okay this this organization really is serious um about their dei commitments um and there's a lot of other things um for example having an employee resource group where women can talk to each other um, about their concerns, about promoting their own growth within the organization. If women are encouraged to do that, I think that would always be a good thing. Um, yeah, I, I think you would know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Melai. That's just such a heartwarming, um, uh, um, you know, um, anecdote and 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 personal experience. I think that we we all stand to learn actually from all of these, you know, thoughtful little little things that actually really make a big difference, right? Because it will then turn into policy and programs yeah. that really do uplift at the DEI um, uh, overall agenda. Thank you so much, Melai and Regina. Thanks for for asking your question. I want to now shift actually, we're still under inside, but to focus more on team composition. So there were a couple of questions actually on team composition that some of our participants um, have asked. And I would like to call on two members of the participants who asked a question on team composition. I'd like to call on Joyce first. Joyce, if you could ask your question um, uh, to our um, panelists. Hi. Um, so my question under that is about actually, since I'm coming from the creative industry, um, it's all about promoting now, you know, through communications, um, maybe if it's in a company setting through a communication plan, you know, within the company promoting gender equality and as coming from an agency through the creative campaign. So in creating those communications and promotions plans for um promoting gender equality, um, does team composition matter for, for, for the task force who does that? Or is there a certain mindset setting that the team needs to have for them to create a very successful um, promotional campaign of gender equality? 
Okay, thank you so much, Joyce, for that fantastic question. To our speakers, I want you to have a think because I'm going to bring in Eileen. Um, she has a similar question in team composition. So I want you to answer the question knowing the two questions of um, our panelists. Um, Eileen, do you want to share your question on team composition? Sure. So it's actually, um, Anna mentioned something about culture in the company. And my question is whether the gender equality in teams is actually an extension of gender equality or inequality from you know from the organization as a whole because it does like you know the behaviors do come from the leadership and if so what other steps can be taken to bring more balance great very interesting questions on team composition anna this is your this is your story, Anna. Go ahead. Thanks, Maya. Really, really good question, Joyce. Um, so our in DDB, we actually have um, um, biases, unconscious biases training uh, with <laughs> for our leaders, so that, that that they're trained and they know already of the stereotypes that they face. And when it comes to actually um, putting efforts when it comes to communication we've done a lot of efforts on this and this part we've done much acquire which was predominantly um all male team can you imagine it it was about against catcalling which we were there was a bill that we wanted to pass again safe spaces um this is in partnership with a philippine um, commission on women's and it was all male team because they were saying it's such a childish act so they 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 come they came up with the campaign they, because they saw their their from experience um, um, women that they know personally who are feeling unsafe and so yun one that's one that's one campaign that we did and it, it actually was very successful and the bill did pass um, so in in two thousand eighteen so we were quite quite happy about that and it actually um, made men and uh, men aware na that that kind of behavior is very very juvenile um, opportunities like this and and ideas like this can come from our leaders saying just bring it out there what can you do today that makes other people's lives better. One thing lang, one thing, whether it's smiling more, whether it be being kind or saying a nice thing to, to another person, it doesn't have to be a big deal. Another one was um, screw AIDS. So um, Philippines has, has one of the highest number of, of HIV positive and a lot of our, our um, university and college people who are, who are becoming and becoming more sexually active are not even testing themselves. So we had to partner with Rotary Makati West, who has who was given a grant, and with um, Red Whistle, and we went to a caravan of campaigns in in in, in the University of Makati and in Tagig, and we were able to actually convince these children and teachers um, to remove the stigma in HIV testing because it, it it's a curable thing, and you know the medicines are free, so why are you not doing it? Um, because there's a stigma na. Na mamamatay na lang sila kasi ayaw nila malaman na HIV positive sila. Mali yun, di ba? Dapat mabuhay ka. Um, so we had to, ano, and then we say, you know, screw AIDS, not the person who's HIV positive. Right? So we have to remove that thing. And we had like, we had so much fun creating that. Ano, and that was a diverse team of people doing that. So to answer your question, Joyce, it's a mindset. 
um, people who feel passionately about these things, um, doon mo i-harness yung, yung doon ka magagawa ng team. Hindi mo pipilitin. Kasi mahirap gumawa ng team na wala talaga silang passion for it. So it's it's really a mindset. There's a brief, it's open to all who would want to be part of it. And then they volunteer and then they own it. And that counts for accountability to seeing it through. Um, so that's what happens in, with us. It's very organic. Beautiful, Anna. Thank you so much. And thanks for sharing with us the case studies as well. So Joy's mindset, mindset um, to, to make this happen. And Anna, you mentioned something that is really true for our industry, passion, right? We all have our own passion. So bringing everybody together. Absolutely love that. I'm going to go now into hiring. So, you know, Joyce and Eileen already talked about team composition. Marami tayong questions on hiring. I'd like to call on um, attorney Dickie, actually, of Unilab to start off the conversation on hiring with your question. Attorney Dickie, your question, please, on hiring. Yes. Um. Thank you, Bea. So for my question on hiring, is there a study or findings whether companies work to develop genuine representation in the creative workplaces um, as opposed to just hiring one or a few members to comply with the concept of gender equality? Beautiful question. Kim, you're, you're on the bat for this one, my friend. From a study perspective, please go ahead. So whenever the question says study, Bea will throw the question to me. <laughs> <laughs> so no, the the I I I'm not familiar with any study that really talks about you know um our our companies hiring for meaningful diversity for you know transformative gender equality or are they tokenistic about you know um approaching gender equality and I think that's because as I mentioned earlier we're not even measuring you know if there is real gender equality across our companies. And that's, I think, the real challenge for a lot of organizations. Um, uh, we, we worked with um, the People Management Association of the Philippines, for example, a few years back. And one of their action points coming from the research that they've done with us is we need to really start measuring. You know, um, just going back to the point raised earlier as well, right? Um, we need to measure how we're really doing in terms of gender equality. Um, if we say we have policies on gender equality, um, how are people accessing the policies or, or, or how are people accessing the benefits? Um, uh, so I, 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 I'm not familiar, but um, I, I would say that um, we organizations who are really committed to gender equality will not approach it tokenistically, right? Um, because also, um, if you hire, for example, to fill, like to, to get a token woman or a token LGBTQI person in your team, you're also discriminating against other, other genders, right? Um, when you advertise for that role. So it's really about hiring based on the needs of your company, but making sure that when you open that position up and you advertise for the role, for example, it the opportunity is available for everyone, um, but also that everyone is encouraged, you know, to to actually ap apply for for the role. So, okay. I, an interesting point, and and I, I'm glad Regina from Education is here because um, they they have they have um, a toolkit on gender equal communication, right? And what they're doing is supporting companies also 
advertise for roles because sometimes um, the way you even publish a job posting will impact, you know, whether women will apply for it or whether LGBTQI folk will apply for it, right? Um, so um, I think it's also important to not just think about, you know, um, uh, the, the skills, but also how we communicate the, the needs for, for the role. Absolutely. Kim, you know what? Um, I have a follow-up question that might actually be for Melai and Anna. Vanessa, you, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, looking at your question now, and it seems like the perfect question to ask as a follow-up on hiring. Uh, Vanessa, you want to go share your question on hiring? Hi, sure. Um, but I think it was somewhat answered already, but I'll go right ahead. Um, when hiring for a position to fill in the team, so we mentioned that we count, no? some organizations actually count um, uh, the genders. So is there a conscious effort um, in the organization to hire for a gender, to meet a certain equal count of the pie? Um, but in doing so, does it create more bias, ironically, right, in terms of hiring the right person, whatever their preferences are. So that's a little bit of a, a confusing point, but... A question. Yeah, it's as an irony in my head. Okay. <laughs> I'd like to hear your thoughts, yeah, on that. Thanks, Vanessa. Actually, that's why I wanted you to follow up with that question because, because of the second part of your question. We just want to throw it out. And, I, and for this particular question, I want to ask Anna and Nelay to chime in on this one. So Anna, why don't you go first? So bottom line is, of course, you're hiring for another person that your your team will have to live with 24-7. Um, your, your clients will have to work with um, and so on. So what we what we do is is, is though we have um, that gender in mind when it comes to like priority, um, because nga, that's the number that's cool in our roster. There's always that that, ano, that you, you remember that you always, always hire for attitude, right? And then you train for skills. You don't forget that because if you forget that and then it, that, that person has poor behavior, pero ta, correct yung gender, yung tamad, ayaw naman magtrabaho, pero tama yung gender. Pero how will that benefit us also and other people around that? Why would you would you want to suffer your your members to that that you or your employees that you love already? So so there's also ano naman that that there's um, common sense involved here. So you always make sure that you you hire for for attitude and uh, and then you train up for skills. Beautiful. So, Beautifully said, Anna. That really rings true for me. Melody, do you want to chime in on, on this one coming from your own experience? Um, just something to think about, I think, is what I want to throw out there. Um, I think we also need to acknowledge, and I think this has come out in studies, that yung mga lalaki are more, um, are more comfortable with applying for job positions kahit na hindi nila na-fulfill lahat ng um, minimum requirements as compared to women. Yung women mas takot mag-apply for jobs if they feel like, ay, wala ako neto. I, did, I do not have this years of experience. I do not have this um, these skills. Ganyan, ganyan. Um, but for men, apply lang sila ng apply. So I think there has to be a conscious effort also from our organizations to reach out to women because we know na hesitant na yan, hindi pa nagsa-start. Um, so there has to be um, 
you know, um, that conscious effort. I think that's what I wanted to add lang. Beautiful, Mela. You're giving us homework because that's a lot to think about. And in fact, I think it's perfect. Lynn, I'm going to call you um, on the virtual stage because you have two fantastic questions that ride on what Mela just mentioned too. So would you like to share with everybody your question, Lynn? Thank you, Bea. Actually, my questions are somehow somewhat similar to what um, Vanessa has asked earlier and um, partly already been answered by Kim and, and Melai and Anna. But anyway, so here goes. Uh, from, I, I just wanted to ask, um, again, from your experience in your organizations, how do you think can you and your people, your team, make a conscious effort to hire? And not just to hire, not because, uh, again, uh, many uh, you've already given insights on, on hiring, but uh, what about developing and promoting women and or LGBTQ plus um, people in your um, organization? Uh, and then I also, should I? Um, yes. Yeah. All right. And then the second question is, what benefits do you offer women to make their value resonate more and be appreciated more in your organization? In addition to what we already have, so where there's a, we all know that there's a Magna Carta for Women, uh, Safe Spaces Act. So, but would there be other distinct benefits that you offer to uh, the women community in your organization? Thanks, Lynn. Thank you so much. And you're right, some of your questions were already answered. But what I wanted to focus on actually was on the promotions, right? The promotions and training up not only women, but LGBTQ. Um, uh, plus uh, members as well. So actually this question um, uh, can be thrown um, to both Anna and Melai as well on your experience. So maybe Anna, you'd like to go first on the promotions part. So um, what we actually have in DDB is that we have talent has no gender. So you are, are um, we actually provide all everyone this opportunity of getting bonuses and whatnot based on their performance not on their gender um so and it's it's also by teams accordingly so parang everyone gets equal part to this one um we also have like a thing that for for my dad that pinyari, um as long as your 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 leaders are, are encouraging you you can actually continue studying and and, and getting more learning opportunities um that's also across all spectrum, regardless of of, of, of gender. Um, we've 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 already passed the 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 gender the gender norms or whatnot. We're already looking at men, mental health and well-being, which we also provide um, support for our teams 24/7. Uh, we've partnered with My Nation, and they've they've also um, taken over of trainings for this particular. Um, you well, well now our biggest issues are you know, are like burnouts and this is this is across all um all genders so um provide for providing mental um health and support for and and um like psychologists and therapists for our people um is 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 a plus um but it's really really essential for them to be able to sustain being able to work and perform so yeah, <laughs> it's open for all. But but Anna, you raise an important point, right? That it really is for all because we treat everybody. Mel, I'm gonna use your term earlier, your true, authentic, and most productive self. That's the 
those are the benefits that we need to give everybody is that they can come in to be their most authentic. Sorry, Mela, if I'm answering for you, but your true and most authentic self to be the best and productive person in the team, right? Yeah. So that is the benefit in promoting them. Because um, you know, creative work is not very physical, but it's it's highly emotional and mental, and it's very it can be very very exhausting. Um, I mean, who, who who I know is a strat planner is like probably um one of the hardest tasks in this job, and it's really really draining. On top of all her work, na na as a mom, you know, and she's a young child, so um I can already imagine that that the the, the pressure that, that she has to go through. So uh, what we have to do is actually support that um, through the programs that we have. So having that partner in mind nation, because honestly, we cannot do it alone. And I'm not a psychologist or not a therapist. So where we, where we, you know, we find partners for it and it's offered to all. Great. Thank you so much, Anna. Mela, do you want to bring in your thoughts on this one as well? Yeah. Um, Doing some promotion, I just want to... I just want to bring up that we also need to acknowledge that um, with women, kasi, there already are biases against women. Um, even before you go up for promotion, there are already stereotypes um, that are that are um, treated as, you know, um, parang naging barriers for women. Uh, masyadong emotional. Um, masyadong sensitive, ganyan. And so it becomes important na there is that conscious effort really to reach out. And I think that, w- um, that would be key dun sa question ni, I think that was Lynn. Um, it has to be conscious effort talaga. You need to reach out to the women because you know na meron ng, meron ng stereotypes and biases against them. So what can you do um, so that you can... Um, strengthen yung yung loob ng mga babae para mag-apply for promotions um you want to do mentorships with them you want to do executive sponsorships um with with these women so that you're able to give them the tools and the confidence that they can do these things just as well as their male counterparts right um so yeah i I think um in terms of promotions let's champion um women in the workplace (laughs) absolutely love that Kim, yes, Kim is like me. Go ahead, Kim. No, I'll, I'll also just add to that, building on what um what Anna and Mel also said, um, and what's shared earlier by the other participants as well. Um, that I think just introducing the concept of um uh what do you call this um indirect discrimination, right? Because direct discrimination is when you tell a person, no, we don't want you in the team because, or no, we don't want to promote you because of this or because of that. But indirect discrimination is when you have a blanket policy that indirectly or inadvertently disadvantages some members of the organization. So using the example of women and promotions, for example, we know that to get promoted sometimes you need to do lots of training, you know, as as Anna also pointed out, um, sometimes meetings outside of regular office hours. Right? And we know that in the Philippines and in many other countries, globally really, um, women are expected to perform a lot of the caring work as well, in addition to their day jobs. Right? So when um, you, uh, you don't address intentionally you know, the inequality of, of the opportunities for training or for attending meetings or networking, you, know, you disadvantage women. 
right? So for example, by having training after office hours, right? Um, you force women to add another ball to juggle, you know, in addition to the, the day job and the care work. Dadagdag mo pa yung training doon or yung, yung networking opportunities after office hours. So those are some of the things I think we really need to think about. Na it's, it's, and that goes back also to gender blindness, right? Um, uh, are we really thinking about the specific needs of, of some of the genders or other um, groups that tend to be marginalized in the organization? Love that. Love that. Thank you so much, Kim, for sharing your thoughts on, on this one. Something for us to really think about, right? Um, and be very conscious about it as well. In fact, I think that this is the perfect segue um, in changing up our questions on bringing in the men, right? And I'd like to call on Kat. Kat, hello. You have two questions from Bullish that I think are perfect for and Kim, I'd actually like you to answer it first, if you don't mind. Kat, can you can you ask your two questions, please? Oh, sure. So actually, in Bullish, we're women-led um, and mostly women-composed. So really very high in percentage. Um, so just wanted to ask a practical question on this. So um, how do we get more men in the company? So um, the thing with our recruitment, we give naman, we post, etc., it's really just the number of women that get in, get uh, the resumes that we get from women and the resumes that get to the next level, all of these things. Really, it's just more geared toward, towards women, not because we chose it. I guess it's just the, the way that it's been happening with the recruitment. So I guess the question that I have then is how do we, number one, attract more men to apply for our company and how do we get more men um, in our workplace? Thanks, Kat. Kim, why don't you start Thank you. Oh, I'm actually not the HR ex expert here, but I will just um, add my, 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 my thoughts. No? So, um, and I think um, it's really good for you to really explore you know, the reasons behind this problem. Because, um, and Anna, you can add to this, I feel that it might be you know, the, the, the fact that you're getting women mostly resumes are, are symptoms of a problem that only you can also, you know, identify. So, and it might be good to look at it um, at every step. So, for example, um, when you said earlier that when you advertise for jobs, you tend to get a lot of resumes from women applicants. Is there something in your job ad that you need to tweak as well to attract more men? Um, and uh, when you say that also more women tend to go to the next level. Have a look at your panel or who's screening the applications, right? Is there also diversity in the team that's selecting the, the applications? And then even if you just think about the jobs, right? um, uh, or how you talk about the jobs and the skills um, uh, needed for the job, are there biases as well around the perceptions. So for example, um, do you sometimes even think or say that women will be good for these roles because they're um, multitaskers or they're very good multitaskers or they're, they're very nifty with their hands or I don't know, those are positive stereotypes, but they can also, again, um, have negative impacts on the organization. 
um, and the, the diversity of the workforce. So again, those are non-HR expert thoughts, but um, throw it to Anna and Bella. Thank you. Um, Anna, do you want to chime in on that one? Yeah, yeah. This, this, this really lead to ano also. Um, Kat, maybe you should also look into um, asking your teams for the solution. Sometimes they say our, 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 biggest, our biggest problems will be solved by our... The, the, the people in your room so don't don't feel that you have to to solve it by yourself um so what we what we do is we do surveys in DDB. a lot of surveys <laughs> a lot of surveys bago kami mag bago kami gumawa ng event bago kami gumawa ng test bago kami ng program pandami kaming surveys just to get everyone's input and ensure that they're comfortable or they want to be involved para walang pilitan kasi walang basagan ng prep um, so we have to make sure Kat, that that you involve also the team with if you find this is already being a, a problem um so baka there's someone in in your team that can actually provide a solution and look at your look at what um Kim has mentioned about um your ads first um or your particular languages there that that, that uh, may be um uh, appealing to women um, sometimes there's a lot of benefits na na mention natin that can also be only appealing to women, but men don't even think about it, right? They don't even have to worry about those things. So um, look into your team also for help. Just don't have to do it on your own. Miss Melai? Thanks, Anna. Melai, do you want to add anything? No, I'm okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Actually, it goes back to everything we talked about with the first question, guys. It's everybody's ball game. I love what you said, Anna. We need to we need to ask for help. We can all um, uh, solution find together. I think is really the the point of this as well. Now, ladies and gents, it's already nine seventeen. I know where did time go. I feel like I I know speakers. I was like, what? It's nine seventeen. Um, so I do want to go and 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 ask the questions on the out part because we did want to check in, right, on how gender equality in teams manifest in the work we do. So I hope we can just um, go into our questions for that round. We have two questions um, under this section. I'd like to start with Attorney Dickey again. Attorney Dickey, you had a, an interesting question on the manifestation of GE in our work. Go ahead. Yes. Um, so are there findings regarding creative workplaces with consistent gender-sensitive outputs and um, its correlation to these workplaces' internal personal policies on gender equality? Thank Maybe you it's so for much. Kim. Thank you for telling me that it's for him. Yes, Kim, it's your ballgame. <laughs> Thanks, Attorney Diki. Thanks, Bea. Globally, there are studies linking um, diversity within teams, you know, to diverse creative output as well. And I think that's logical. Just going back to Anna's point earlier that, you know, when you have diversity in your team, you disrupt groupthink. Um, sometimes when, when there are ridiculously stereotyped ads that you see, um, for example, in the market, the question you ask yourself is, paano lumusot to sa creative team? Wala bang nag, wala bang nag flag nito, Didn't anyone um, raise issues with this brief or the concept, right? So, and maybe not because maybe they're people of the same, you know, thinking, um, sitting in the room with no one disrupting again that 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 group think, diba? So, um, 
I think that um, gender diversity or diversity in teams in general will not automatically lead to you know more innovative, more more diverse campaigns as well. But it creates an environment that's conducive for for creativity, for innovation. Again, because you bring together different perspectives, different ideas, and you're able to um, interrogate each other's you know, thinking and able to disrupt some of the biases when, when you spot them. Thank you so much, Kim. So again, global research. Melai, please go ahead. Um, so this is not specific to creative industries and this is also not specific to um, gender um, equality in the workplace. But yes, there have been studies um, that have shown that diversity leads to more innovation. Um, so I think I just want to quote this part from Harvard Business Review that I came, um, I came across. Um, this was from an article called How Diversity Can Drive Innovation. Um, sabi dun sa article, inherently diverse contributors understand the unmet needs in under-leveraged markets. So this one is quite um, marketing and sales um, inclined, but yeah, we get the idea. Na, um, when at least one member of a team has traits in common with the end user, the entire team better understands that user. And I think I just want to point out um, a specific example, um, maybe with maybe with a Google product. So with Google, um, in Google Pixel, which is our phone, um, there's this technology that they developed, um, which is the real tone. Um, I think real tone technology of the cameras. Um, so cameras in the past have not been tested in enough diverse groups of people. So there are biases in imaging and processing of photos in camera technology. So cameras historically were calibrated to white skin. Um, and so what Google did, because we have a product equity group that really makes sure that our products can be used by can be used and enjoyed by, by as many users as we can and as many different users as we have. Um, so we, they invited photographers to test out the cameras and then work with the engineers to test um, what worked well and what did not in the cameras to ultimately capture the nuances of all skin tones equally. Now, this kind of innovation or technology, this cannot come from, let's say, five white men, right? Five white men, lahat ng galing sa mayayamang familia. You can't have that kind of of mindset. Na okay, kailangan nating isolve yung problem ng maiitim. Wala, hindi nila maisip yon. And so, um, it's really important that you have a diversity of backgrounds, a diversity of experiences, a diversity of personalities within your teams, kasi they represent specific portions of the different markets that you're after. Um, and that's really the only way that you can innovate. And in, innovation can only come from an innovation of ideas or an, a diversity of ideas, a diversity of personalities, diversity of backgrounds. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that, Melai. And thanks also, Kim. I mean, guys, this is really why we're here today. We need to disrupt groupthink, right? That will lead to creativity and innovation. In fact, I'd like to call on Joyce. Joyce, you can piggyback actually on this conversation with your questions. 
And I feel that Anna would be the best person to actually answer it from an agency perspective. Go ahead, Joyce. Right. So my my two questions um, is actually first, how is now the pH market like on the other side, um, currently reacting to gender sensitivity in campaigns? So how are now people you know taking it in, and um, any updated local research established out there for this? So that's my first question. And the second one is, what set of conditioning questions then must teams ask themselves if the output is gender equality sensitive? So if you're in the brainstorm room. Okay, Joyce, great question. Maybe we can actually tackle your second question first coming from Anna and then Maybe, Kim, you'd like to talk briefly on the local research. So, Anna, your thoughts on the second question? Yeah, so a few uh, years ago, I think there was a, um, a very, very controversial ad that came out that, that, that parang nag, 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 that tackle about body shaming. And we had to actually um, talk about it in, in 4As um, seriously um, as a board and how, how do we... Um, continue to ensure that that society is elevated not ano, um, when you come up with 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 campaigns you think about is this going to shape culture or society for the better or or are we just doing this to poke fun at other people um there's there's just the very thin line of, of of funny and um and uh very insensitive um when you're in a room and you see people you've been working with for a long time and they're all nodding and they all have the same goals as you do, maybe it's good to have an intern in there, right? Someone who has a different perspective of the, you know, and, and, and see how they, they react first before uh, you, you end up launching a... Uh, million million spending all that millions in an ad that that actually hurt a lot of people um so so there get others involved joyce just not um i know it's easy because mas, mas when you get all everyone already agreeing pero there's some some security watch outs there that you have to know na parang, are we are we are we just being comfortable are we just being complacent are we just, you know ask yourself and if it's if it if there's something in you and you have to really trust your gut in your you have to stop and and say no no this is not gonna fly um i'm not gonna lang say na lang the, the, what happened to that to that brand thank you so much anna love what you shared on shaping culture i think that that was really my biggest takeaway on that one joyce um i'm sure you're taking so many notes about this but kim you want to add um some thoughts on that local research bit joyce asked about Thanks, Vea. Um, I'll also just add a bit on you know the, the questions we need to be asking ourselves because that's also coming out of the, the research that I'll be talking about later. But in terms of questions, I think it's good to even start from the brief. Like uh, even when you get the, a brief from, from the client, you might want to push the envelope a bit sometimes and say, are there gendered assumptions here? So for example, um, uh, detergent brand brief. Sasabihin ni client the parang, okay, so we are going to target um, moms of a certain age, diba? Tapos, um, these are the, let's identify the behaviors, their motivations, etc. Do we want to ask sometimes, you know, parang, moms lang ba talaga ang naglalaba? 
moms lang ba talaga ang decision makers when it comes to detergents, di ba? Because that is a gendered assumption right there. Right? And sometimes that can dictate, you know, the, the, the gender portrayal in the ads as well, right? So when you think of characters in the ad, it's good to ask, you know, are we, are we showing multidimensional characters? You know, because again, sometimes we're only showing women in caring roles, men in professional roles. Is that the reality that we're living in? And is that reflective of our, our lives? Um, and it, I think it's a challenge go with the, for the advertising industry sometimes is also to have a look at the landscape of portrayals of these roles, right? Um, because um, when it comes to stereotypes, it's not, for example, one ad that shows a woman in the kitchen, that's not very problematic, right? But if all the ads of a person cooking is of a woman wearing an apron, you know, feeding the children, then that's when you should start asking questions. Are we, again, to Anna's point, are we shaping culture a certain way here? Are we reinforcing the stereotype that when it comes to cooking, someone said in the chat earlier, pwede naman magluto ang mga lalaki, di ba? Um, so, bakit ganun, ganun palagi? So, if there's too many women and too many men in a certain role, then should you challenge the client and your team to say, let's put another you know, gender there, right? But also, think historically of the ads you've created for this client, for example. Palagi bang lalaki yung person nilalagay natin in a certain role or palagi bang babae? And then also ask yourself, is it time to shake things up for this next ad, right? Um, and I'll use that to talk about the research of it. Um, we actually worked with the University of the Philippines recently. Um, not, not very recently. Uh, in 2019, we, we, we commissioned them to do research and they analyzed a thousand ads that ran in the Philippines. And what they saw was there's really good progress in terms of you know, the, the, very, um, the very glaring you know, stereotyping. So we're not seeing a lot of women in skimpy clothing, for example, anymore, or women who are sexualized. But in terms of the, um, the, the subtle stereotyping, it's still there. Again, they found that when, when women and men or other genders are portrayed in familial roles, for example, it's always the woman who's caring for the children, always the man, um, earning the income for the family. And that really limits, you know, the way even children create dreams for themselves, Deva, or think of, of themselves. Um, so um, I think, you know, it, again, going back to the point on complacency, we've made really good progress, but let's keep pushing ourselves to, to, um, to really mold our, our society's values and into the reality that we want to live in, right? And going, just going back to Anna's point, it's, it's re recognizing the industry's role of not only mirroring what we think is reality, but also shaping it um, a certain way. Thank you so much, Kim. I know we are already out of time, ladies and gents, but I hope you can just um, stay for just an extra five minutes um, because I do want to wrap this up. Mele, before I do a quick wrap up, do you want to add anything on the questions that we need to ask? No? Okay, because I have a very difficult question for our three fabulous speakers, right? Um, there was a question, and I hope you guys don't mind, but I'll ask your questions for you as a wrap up. There was a question here of 
how else can we push equality forward? And I'm going to, to, to bundle that up with what is the one thing I can do, me as a person, to push gender equality forward in my organization? So I know it's such a big ask, but Anna, Melai, and Kim, that's why we're here today. In one word, what can we do to push the gender equality agenda forward? Um, and I'm going to try to wrap it up with your one-worders, right? So I'm going to go ahead with um, uh, Melai, if you don't mind. What is the one word that you want to share to push gender equality forward? I don't have one word. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll just describe it. Okay. Um, I think we really need to challenge our perceptions of what leadership should look like so that we see women as leaders as well. Napaka-masculine ma, ma, napaka ng, ng mga traits and attributes that we associate with leadership na parang women have to abandon all their feminine qualities just to be seen as leaders. And I don't think we should perpetuate that. Fantastic. I love that. Love that. Um, Kim? I think, you know, role, not one word, but role model. How can we role model for others as well, right? Um, particularly for, for, for men, right, um, in, in organizations, how can they champion um, women in the organization as well? Um, I, I think that men have a role, for example, when it's, they see, you know, I, I've said this in, I think, another IMAP event, when you see um, uh, that it's mostly men in a room and that the woman's voice is not heard, pass the mic on to, 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 the, to the woman in the room um, to make sure that, that that idea, that perspective is heard. Um, but also, um, as a man, how are you, and a male leader, for example, how are you role modeling for for others in terms of your caring responsibility again to to ease the burden on on women because that is that should be a shared burden right um so um if, if you're a, a male executive a male manager are you taking paternity leave or are, are you are you always just letting the letting your your your, your female partner you know go to all the school activities and care for a, a sick a sick child you know so are, 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 yeah. So um, some of some. I, so I think you know, at on, at the personal level, role modeling is is really important. Thank you, Kim and Anna. Of course, I love that Kim and me like grave. Um, thanks, Bea. Okay, I'll, I'll be pasaway also and not to follow that one word. Um, first of all, you just have to really define what success means to you. Will that include um, others? And in your vision when you become successor, or are you just going to be alone? Parang sad naman kung mag-isa ka lang, di ba? Parang success shouldn't just be defined with one person's ability to rise above. So if you are able to bring so many people with you, much better. That, that, that should be, you know. So define success and what it means to you. And um, don't be, don't um, re repeating what role modeling is. Be patient when it comes to educating others because this might be normal for us. And thankfully, um, this lovely room of people um, are more aware and enlightened. But for others, be patient because it might be a new thing for them. So please, please, please continue to educate, especially the younger ones because they deserve better. 
Fantastic. Thank you so much, Melai, Kim, and Anna. It's okay that we're pasaway because that's why we're here. Exactly. Um, that's why we're here. Right? Exactly. That's why we're here pala. So actually, to sum it all up, ladies and gentlemen, this is what I'm going to share. You've heard from Melai, you've heard from Kim, you've heard from Anna. But really, if we bring it down to the metal and what we're doing here today, we need to challenge because if we don't challenge it, who will? Right? And that's why we're starting these conversations here. We need to all have a conscious, continuous, and collective effort to push the gender equality agenda forward. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to call on for a class picture because we made it to challenging the group thing <laughs> in today's discussion. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the key takeaway, our food for thought in today's session. We need a conscious, collective, and continuous effort of pushing the gender equality agenda in the workplace, or any workplace, any I mean, any place rather, right? We should be pushing this agenda forward because it just makes sense. It makes business sense, it makes life sense. And we are here to really push this out. A big shout out to our wonderful guests once again, Anna, Melai, and Kim. You are truly inspiring individuals. And I love that you can continue talking about it and really driving this agenda forward and that we get to do it here at B2B. And of course, to our partners, IMAP and Investing in Women, Thank you so much for using also this platform to be able to really share the love, share the knowledge, and share the experiences so that we can really make great changes in our workplaces, in our creative work, in our campaigns. And of course, thank you also to our partner, McDonald's. See you again soon in B2B Breakfast to Business. Remember that here we talk shop, we talk life, we talk advocacy, and we talk real. See you soon. Ciao. And that's it for today's episode of B2B Breakfast to Business. Don't forget to tune into Team Asia's social media accounts. Keep yourself updated on these breakfast happenings. We are on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash TeamAsiaPH. We are on Instagram, www.instagram.com slash TeamAsiaPH. We are on LinkedIn, www.linkedin.com slash company slash TeamAsia. And of course, our wonderful website, www.teamasia.com. Remember to stay safe. See you again soon here at B2B Breakfast to Business. Thank you. Ciao.